Before we begin today's episode, we want to uh, say a quick prayer on behalf of the nation um, because of the incidents that happened yesterday in the Capitol. Uh, Regardless of political party, it's a very scary time, and we just want to uh, take it up to God uh, like we we want to do with anything that that gives us trouble. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much for uh, today, Father, despite all the the scary uh, incidents that happened and all of the unrest, Father, all the polarization, and it can feel very dark. God, it is still a day that you have created, and it is still a new year in which that we have a choice to follow you, Father, and a choice to to let go of the things of the past, Father, and to move forward into something more perfect and more wonderful. Uh, God, I lift up um, today anybody that feels wronged, uh, anybody who feels like something was taken from them, Father, and somebody who who feels like it isn't right, like things aren't as they should be. And I pray that you would give them your peace, Father, and to let them let go of that desire to have what they think is right, Father, and to trust you, and to know that even if the person that they don't want to be in office is in office, God, that you are still in control and that you are overall. And Father, for anybody who's feeling scared today, anyone who is feeling alone, uh, people who who think that the world is a dark and twisted place and that people that aren't, who don't think like them are evil. Father, I, prom- I pray that you would, you would give them your peace as well, Father, and that they can realize they're just, that these other people that they don't agree with are just scared, Father, and that they're hurting. And I pray that your peace could rest on, rest on your people, Father, and, and that they could find their meaning, Father, beyond the politics, beyond political lines, and that your love could dominate our lives, Father. Lord, bring us together in this new year, and I pray that you would that you would dispel some of this polarization, Father, and people can see the image of God within their fellow man instead of the animosity that is so prevalent in our society today. Father God, you are good, and we long to be like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. 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 Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast, where we as a community of believers dive deep past the waves of this modern world and its culture into ourselves to find a deeper truth to anchor ourselves to. I'm your host, Braden Singer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew McGalliard. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, or good evening, as it is tonight, uh, whenever we are gathered here. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of the Steadfast Podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. And uh, Brayden is also really excited about this episode. Would you like to go ahead and introduce our guest? Definitely. So our guest this week is Wes Rains. He is a barber at Sulphur Springs, and I've known him for about, what would you say, about two or three years? Yeah, probably probably two or two and a half at least. Yeah, it seems, seems right around there. But yeah, I definitely look forward to our conversations every time we get together. It's always a, just a deep, impactful conversation. Normally it's a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So, Wes, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and your faith walk and how it has affected the person you have become and are becoming. Okay, so a little bit about me. I grew up in Mountain View, Arkansas, um, not too far from here, an hour and a half or so. Um, and I was, uh, I was raised in the Churches of Christ. Uh, both my, my parents uh our, our Church of Christ, and I inherited probably the first part of my faith, as a lot of people around here do, uh, from them for a time. But at some point, I'd say you have to kind of start growing into your own mm-hmm. faith, even if you were born into the church. 
or your faith remains kind of weak and, and unstable. So I'd say, um, again, as a lot of people do, I didn't, I didn't really start developing my own personal relationship with Jesus until I was probably 13 or 14. And it, still, I mean, working on that today, but, um, yeah, I was, I was baptized as a, a pretty young man, but I'd say I, I didn't really get to dive in, uh, fully into trusting and, and walking uh, with God until I'd left the house. Mm -hmm. And so when you go out on your own, you kind of start having to develop your own faith. Um, I'd say for me, um, now how has that, the, the, uh, affected the person, uh, that I'm becoming and have become, um, that's, that's a, a really incredible question. So I'd say that, uh, trust has, uh, it's just really, it's impacted my relationship that I have uh, with my wife. I'd say learning that first uh, to walk with God will, will, you know, thereafter affect every relationship that, that you're in, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's, that's part of how it's affected me for sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about something that you, were, that you mentioned earlier about how... Um, as whenever we're younger, you know, whenever, especially people that are raised in the church, we can kind of go on just kind of through the motions, you know, and yeah, not really yeah. develop a faith that is deeply meaningful and that type of thing. And, and I think that, you know, because speaking from my, my own experience and that type of thing, that's, you know, being raised in the church, that's something I kind of dealt with for a while. And mm -hmm. I didn't really get it until I was about 15 or 16, right. even though I'd spent, you know, my entire life in the church Around and that type it. of thing. And I think that's really a really important conversation to have, too, is that, it's not enough just to, to believe in something because that's the way you were raised and the culture that you were brought up mm. in. It's really important to have, you know, the reasons for believing and, and those deep, those moments where you say, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it, you know. And uh, would you like to talk about some of those in, in your life? Um, easily. So, firstly, just having my own intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, again, it, it's hard to, to really uh, know... Jesus, if if you're not willing to uh, to dive in, you know, fully to be baptized, you know, for me anyway, I, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, as it was beginning my my personal walk with him um, instead of just having that of of my parents. Yeah, definitely. So, what where did when did you feel like there was a time in your life where you really needed to take on your own faith like they're like they're like for me it was when I went to college on my own no doubt yeah no doubt really it wasn't until I had left the home I, again and, and went to college um, I went to Arkansas Tech in Russellville and was there uh, for a year um, I, I didn't really enjoy college very much so anyway I wanted to uh, do I kind of inherited my father's uh, trade um, but, uh, then short after moved here to Searcy, probably six months after I'd worked with him. Um, but I'd say it, it was between either first going to college or secondly, moving to Searcy because that was, um, a big kind of step of faith was leaving my father's business and kind of stepping into a new, a new town, a new community where, where I didn't really know anyone. So. Uh, very much a, okay, 
God for this to work, for this to be what, you know, what I know that you want for my life, then you have to be the one to do it. And I'll give you glory if, if, you know, I, I can come here. If not, if it's not for me, then, you know, send me back to Mountain View kind of with my, my tail tucked mm-hmm. between my legs. And I'll know, you know, I'll know that, that this wasn't your will, your will for my life. So, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And I really like what you said about just taking that, that step and that yeah. leap of faith. And I really think that, you know, it's a scary thing to do. It's a scary thing to say this is all that I've known all my life and to, and to step outside of that and say, God, I trust you. That, that is how you build your trust, trust through experiences with, with God, you know, and putting your faith in him. And relying solely on him, so. Yeah, and that sound—it's got to be terrifying, though. Oh yeah, it was—it was very terrifying, very terrifying at the same time, and not necessarily easy, you know, to mm-hmm. to to wake up every morning. But when you when you know that God's going to take care of you, it, it is it is settling for sure. But there there for the first. Uh, Probably the first couple of weeks that I lived here, I, I questioned and I wrestled with God about, you know, this decision. Um, not regretting it ever, but, you know, you you still regret, you know, not, not regret things, but you question them kind of along the way and, and wrestle with God. That's, that's, I think, a pretty common theme for people whenever they're, they're forced to kind of step out of their comfort zone. So, um, but submitting is, is definitely the first step. Uh, in in that trust walk for sure or at least it was for me mm-hmm. um, yeah no doubt yeah I think it's I really really like that um, we talk about on the show every now and then we talk about how the path that God leads us on is often covered in mist and we don't really yeah. know where it's going but all we can really do is kind of hold on and, and trust that he's going to lead us in the way that he That's wants it. us to go Yeah. and I think that you know you're you talking about your experiences, it, it seems like you've gone through that firsthand. No doubt. Yeah. Well, okay, so if you could sum up your life in one word, what would it be, and why does that word resonate with you? So I've, I've talked to people about this question all day, and of course everybody's answer is going to be different, and I've gotten a lot of really good perspective on this. Um, and... I'd say for me, uh, a word that's that's very very much resonated kind of in my soul um, is abide. Mm-hmm. And none of these none of these words. I mean, one word can't really make sense unless you're given context, right? So, um, for me, I feel like when I, as Wes, am trying to make my decisions, um, and I put my faith in myself, then a lot of the time. Even if my intentions are good, I can get in the way of something that is great. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not abiding in the spirit, uh, then I get in my own way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if, if I just abide, and sometimes all that looks like is just standing still. Yeah, definitely. And if, if you just abide, then you can get out of the way and kind of go along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, be led where the spirit takes you, so to speak. So, that definitely reminds me of a friend of mine told me to just cease striving, yeah. be still, and cease striving. Well, what's been so interesting for me this past year, I'd say, and, and what I would definitely like uh, for it to continue is, you know, uh, rest. I'd say 
it's odd, but in, in 2020, given the, the month that, that we had off, so many people, um, I was almost forced to rest. <laughs> But it's interesting because God says um, in the Old Testament, I think it's, I have to look. Well, I'll, I'll look later. I, I had a, a verse, I just can't remember it. Um, but if you don't lay down in green pasture, then he lays you down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Um, I think that's Psalms. Uh, I'd hate to misquote it's in Psalms 23. That's it. Yeah. That's very true. And I think that's a really interesting take, too, on, on this year because a lot of people have been caught up in, oh, yeah. in all the fear and all that. But, you know, that I think that's a really good point. You know, whenever the rest of the world is freaking out, he makes me lie down in green pastures mm-hmm. and he leads me beside those quiet waters and he restores mm-hmm. my soul through the scariness and through the fire. And it doesn't say that he suggests that I lie down. In green pastures. That's exactly. It says right. he makes me lie down mm-hmm. in green pastures. He doesn't give you a choice. No. Yeah. And I think that that's it's refreshing too because sometimes we can be I don't know I know that personally sometimes whenever I get fired up about something I get really angry about it or I see something that doesn't make sense to me and and it just I want to just stay in that moment and I just want to. I, in, a, in a strange sense of things, I just want to be angry and I want to mm. sit in that, that fire and then the Spirit of God just kind of comes down. I can just kind of mm. feel that that rage just kind of calm down, you know? And it's almost like the flesh within me is just like, no, I don't want it to calm down. But God just kind of, he just kind of pulls it away, you know? And he, he kind of is just like, there's more important things than what you're mad about. And there's a deeper... There's a deeper meaning than just the immediate stuff that mm-hmm. you don't understand. Yeah. And to truly rest, to, to deeply rest, you have to trust that you're taken care of. Because if, and, and that things are taken care of. Because if you don't trust that they're taken care of, you, you can't uh, be still in your soul. Absolutely. You can't be. You can't mm-hmm. rest. So and I think They kind of go hand in hand, I've found rest and trust um, easily. That's very true. I think in order to really have the rest and, and the spiritual bliss that, that you're talking about, you have to trust that God is going to guard you and He's going to protect you Absolutely. From, from those things. And I think specifically that that really goes in hand with a lot of the stuff that we're seeing as of mm. late with the uh, unrest in the capital and that type right. of thing. And, I, and we've seen all over the news people are terrified. People are scared and, you know, people are hurting. And I think it's important to realize that, you know, it really, what it comes down to is no matter who is president, we, I mean, they don't write the story. The president doesn't write the story Mm -hmm. of our lives. You know, that's, that's only something God can do. Isn't it interesting that when so many people don't trust the system, there is unrest. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's really true, and, and it just kind of goes back to what you're talking about, having that trust and rest, and whenever the government, whenever the ruling body of a country is untrustworthy, where, where can you find that trust? Where can you find that desire other than God? That's the problem. If, if you cling to, we were talking about this earlier before we ever got the mics, mics going, but if you cling to a broken man-made system, instead of, instead of clinging to an all, all-knowing, all-powerful 
Lord and Heavenly Father, King of the earth, then it's, it's going to be broken. That's, that's the way it is. Um, again, especially when, when they've, they've so openly taken God um, out of what it is they do. They've separated it intentionally, separation of church and state. So what are you, you going to be left with whenever you take light out of something? Just darkness. That's really true. And I think, how can we help people who are feeling that unease, that unrest, how can we help them find that peace that God offers and that, and that rest and that trust? Well, I think, I think to help people find it, you have to be the example of it. Mm. You have to, to, to show people a way you have to kind of live uh, in a peaceful place yourself. Um, because if, if you if you are spastic and worrisome um, and you say you trust God, how can anybody look to you and say, wow, yeah, that's he's got the peace of God in him. That's, yeah, great, you know, uh, and, and then not want any part of it because you're not, you're not, you know, providing, you're not, you're not looking like the light, you know, that's supposed to be in that dark place. You're just looking like another spastic, you know, individual. <laughs> So, because so many, I mean, I say that, so many of us, are, you know, are and have been, especially these past couple of weeks or months, so. I think it's important to note that, you know, not everybody's perfect, and we're not saying that, Certainly. you know, we're not, there aren't times where we don't feel fear, like I was, like the first, the first moment that I, I saw the headline that they had stormed the Capitol, like I was, I was terrified, I was oh, scared, yeah. you know, and in that instant, you know, it took a little bit of time for me to kind of come around and just be like, you know what? God's in control and that type of thing, but, you know, it's important, you know, because for people who don't have that, that connection, that belief in God, it's mm. really, I mean, I can't imagine, like, it's terrifying. It's yeah, terrifying. my, the guy that I work with, Ben, he said that, that it felt, when, when I told him what was going on, he said that it felt kind of like, I, the, the same feeling as when the, the Twin Towers were hit. He said it was that same, wait, what? Like, mm -hmm. got to process it feeling. Didn't know what to think about it all day, just processing it. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of the way a lot of us felt. Mm. That's really true. Fear, fear, but then the overwhelming peace that, hey, you know, uh, God's in control. Mm. That's really true. And I think, you know, having faith doesn't mean that you don't feel that. Oh, no. It, it doesn't. not. It doesn't mean that you're just cut off from it entirely, because like like I said, I still had, I still had that uh, that instant of oh my goodness, like this is this is happening, mm. that type of thing, and you know, and you look in, in the Bible all throughout, you know, I think of the prophet Elijah, all of his life he was on the run, he was always constantly being hunted by different people for believing in God, mm. and he was terrified a lot of the time, but he still trusted in God, and God mm. took care of him, mm. and even in those times of darkness, he cried out to God, and God provided, and so I think that. Just because you feel that doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It doesn't mm. mean that your faith is non-existent or that God is non-existent. No, 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 no. It just means that you need to give it over to Him entirely. And give over, like, the biggest, I think the biggest problem that we have as Christians is that we try to solve our problems on our own. Mm. And that get we don't in, Get actually, in the way of something great. That's exactly yeah. right. Like that's you were it. saying, we, we get in the way and we try to 
we try to make it good for ourselves and we try to do what only God can do mm. and we fail miserably. But whenever we give it over to God and really just let him do what he does and, and really just say, God, I'm scared. Mm. I don't know what's going on, but I know that you have a plan for me. You have a plan for this world. You know the people involved. You know their hearts, God. And while it's a scary time, I trust you. Show me your way and show me your heart so that I can love those I don't understand and I don't have to be afraid of of man. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, you know, we talked about in episode four with JC about how we're part of a bigger plan. How we're part of a bigger plan. Mm. Mm. About how, you know, yes, we can't re- just look back on the past all the time and and just ponder on the past, but we can't sit here and ponder on the future mm. and get so caught up in the future and in the past. We just need to be in the present and, like you said, abide and rest. Yeah, that's part of the reason that people are having so many like mental health conditions mm-hmm. uh, is, is because uh, there's so much there's so much uh, anxiety towards the future, you mm-hmm. know, and, and uncertainty. I think. Uh, that's why that's why it's gotten worse over the past 10 and I think 20 years probably um, just worry and uncertainty so as opposed to you know uh, abiding you know in God and in, in, in the present and in, in what he wants from you right now mm-hmm. so worry about you know what's coming up next when he when he shows you what's going up next mm. yeah. that's exactly right it makes me think of the verse uh, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, mm. each day has enough trouble for its own. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring at all. So mm. That's really true. And I think I kind of want to uh, go back to something you mentioned about mm. how uh, mental uh, health and anxiety has really risen a lot in the last 20 years. And it mm. seems almost to me that people don't like quiet anymore. People can't just sit down and be at peace within themselves when nothing else is going on because they don't want to be by themselves because then they start mm-hmm. thinking of the deeper questions. Well, and it's been it's been so easy to become distracted from the quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, either, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be quiet as in no noise for it to be really loud um, because it can be totally quiet with no sound going on around you and you got your phone in your face and it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's loud. You're not you're not being still, you're not being quiet. You're being distracted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to be quiet looks entirely different from just the lack of, of sound. I agree with that. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to, and there, there's a, what's the word? There's a, a statement of peace and quiet. And mm-hmm. there's a difference there. It's kind of like you were saying, quiet is not always peaceful. Not and I think that, you know, it's really, really, it goes back to what you were talking about. Like people don't want to be alone in the quiet because... Mm-hmm they're not peaceful whenever they're quiet. And it's such a shame. And, and it really, I think it stems from that, it, it stems from a desire to, to have something deeper that they that they haven't found yet. What do you think? Well, I, it feels to me like to, to really, for me, to be able to be quiet, I have to be able to lay those things that, Okay, when I get quiet, I have to face the things in my life that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The things that I don't know about, the things that, that are unsure, the things I'm scared of. Um, uh, 
and you can't really get those things off of you and out of your mind until you lay those things down at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that is, that is the first, the first time you can, you can truly, your soul can rest. Those, those, and, and I feel like um, as opposed to, to being quiet and facing those things and laying them down, uh, people are, are quick to, to just distract themselves from the things that they don't want to face, mm -hmm. you know, when they're not being distracted. Mm. So That's why we're on our phones so much. Easily. That is, so I can drop many, many times with me where I'll just be like, you know, you're, you're tired, you want to go to bed, but then all of a sudden, once you put your phone down, boom, 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 mm. boom, 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 boom going through your head and all these negative thoughts are coming up, the future. That's anxiety. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And so then I sit there and think, all right, I'm just going to scroll Instagram until I get right. really tired. And it's easier for you to distract yourself. It is. It is. It's very easy. Right. Then to face those things and, and lay them down and rest. It's mm -hmm. hard. It really is hard. Um, but that, that's, again, that's not that's not something that you do once either. That's, that's something... Uh, in your walk that you're going to do over and over and mm -hmm. over and over yeah. and over and over and over again. That's um, very true. Um, it seems like whenever it's quiet, we have to be real with ourselves and mm -hmm. there's no hiding, there's no distraction from what is really there. And I think it's important that that's the reason, one of the reasons why it's so difficult for us as humans to, to bask in that quiet and to rest in that quiet is because we're imperfect. Mm -hmm. And we want to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We have an innate desire in our spirit to be good, and we can't be good on our own. And I think that that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier about how we long we long to be perfect, you know. And in that quiet, our our soul is in anguish because we're not, and we know mm -hmm. that we're not. But that's the beauty of Jesus is that he kind of steps in there and he says, "You don't have to be perfect because I was perfect, mm -hmm. and I took the punishment for your imperfection." And so you don't have to worry about that. And I think it's, you know, I think that that is a very powerful thing and, and really turning, turning that anxiety and that, and those, um, that pressure that you feel whenever it's quiet over to God. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of relief in that. <clears throat> Every time you lay something down from, from what I found, um, it's, it's almost like, I love analogies. I think Jesus, uh, would use analogies mm -hmm. if he was if he was here today, uh, but it's almost like taking a, a coat off when you're dressed in layers in the middle of the summer. You know what I mean? It's like you can breathe just a little a little easier every one thing that that you lay down at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, you know, we can just get so caught up, and I think it's like we've talked about before with sweeping things under the rug. Mm. I think that's why anxiety is so prevalent nowadays is because it's so easier, it's so easy to sweep things under the rugs by just having this. Mm -hmm. if, Being distracted phone, from those things. And so, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want to face this thing, this this thought of the future. So just an easy way to, to escape that, just get on your phone and start scrolling Instagram and just not think about it and just think about this until you get tired or until the time passes. I had deleted for not not a pat on the back for myself, 
because I, I've re-downloaded it now, but I had deleted Instagram for two months just to take a break um, during, I think, a time that was probably pretty good to take a break from social media. But uh, I, I downloaded it the other day, um, and I immediately, like, I didn't, I didn't think about turning my notifications off when I re-downloaded it, but I immediately got back in the same kind of pattern that I'd been in, where it's like every time I open my phone, you have a notification from Instagram. You tap on it to see what's going on, yep. Yep. Exactly. and then you're you're stuck in the whoop, you know, uh, zone. Yeah, the rabbit hole. That's a, a great analogy. Um, so that went on for like a day and a half, and I was like, I don't. Why do I keep doing that? And so I. I Finally, I, I turn my notifications off, uh, like off, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's kind of given me a little bit more control back over um, the impulsion, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. because it's just kind of, you know, it can be, I've noticed there can be four people in the shop, um, and I'll be cutting hair or not, and three of the four of them, or sometimes four of the four of them, you know, if, if there's nothing going on, um, or just sitting there on our phone. Yeah. yeah. Four, four people in a room, no good conversation, mm. uh, just quiet. Now, 90, 90, 90, 90, 99% of the time, that's not what's going on. But mm. uh, you still, you know, when it, when it is quiet and there's just music playing, uh, if you look around, you know, you look up, like everyone's kind of down. I'm just as guilty, <laughs> just as guilty of that as anyone. But oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think like that kind of reminds me of uh, a book that I read. It's a pretty famous book. It's a Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Mm -hmm. Lewis, and uh, it's about you know it's this fictitious demon writing a his cousin or his nephew, excuse me, mm -hmm. about how to per, how to tempt humans more perfectly, and one of the big things that he talks about is keeping people focused on the here and now so mm -hmm. they don't ask the bigger questions and they don't seek to, to look deeper than than just their everyday life and, and the hubbub of everyday life and I think that that's really something that this that our culture and our society nowadays really really tries to, to instill in us is this idea of there's nothing beyond just here and now just got to get through the day stay busy mm -hmm. mm. Because our focus is off of God. It does. It does. It's it easily gets off of God, and we're just focused on what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. You know. And then if you throw in the political spectrum that we've been seeing so often too, which is so prevalent on social media, mm -hmm. it just constant distraction. Exactly, it's a constant distraction, yeah. and even deeper than that, it causes more of this polarization and, and this this anger because our eyes are off of. The more important, the more the deeper the, meanings the peace. behind things. The peace, exactly. The peace it, that you find, you know, you're distracted, and therefore you can't be at peace. You can't rest because you're being distracted. Um, you can't give things up that you need to give up to find that peace. You're just distracted by something. Exactly, and it's like you're almost cut off, kind of, from that deeper thinking and that deeper mm. Perspective, and so whenever you you cut yourself off from that, you're more open to being angry mm -hmm. and getting caught up in in the temporalness of the world and and exactly. the and the problems that seem so big in our world. And I think as as Christians, we kind of need to to recognize that too, and just take a step back. As as Braden dubbed uh, a couple weeks back, check yourself. 
And in those moments, whenever, <laughs> whenever you feel, you start feeling that, that heaviness of, of, oh, the world is so, you know, big and bad and these mm-hmm. problems are huge and there's mm-hmm. not, there's not a salt to it. Take a step back, disconnect, put your focus back on God. And check yourself. Deep, check yourself. That's right. And, and just turn to God and, and let him, let him lead you in the way that, that he wants you to go. Yeah, no I mean it's so it is so easy, and I mean, y'all know that it's easy to just give in to those instant emotions as soon as you read a news head headline. Oh, mm. yeah, it is so easy. Or, or for a lot of people, uh, how easy it is when you're when you're scrolling through Facebook to to want to jump in that comment section. Oh yeah, yeah. and, and start getting after it. Um, I've, I've talked to some people legit that that will straight up admit to being um, antagonists, mm-hmm. just and and like enjoy, you know, enjoy being the person to to kind of poke and stir um, trolls, I guess you could call them. Uh, but yeah, it's like I feel like Facebook and the communication that we do on Facebook. Even I say, especially with the people that you don't agree with, mm. um, has has changed the way that we disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of the time, when you disagree with somebody and you're discussing things with them, um, there's a lot of things that you just wouldn't say to a person's face. Yeah. That uh, you know, because some of it would just straight up get you smacked, like right I there. Know. I know exactly. Um, but that. Since you're kind of behind a, a screen, uh, talking it uh, may feel a little bit more, uh, I don't know, secure, you know, mm-hmm. to say whatever they want. And so people just say whatever they want. And a lot of times it's just some nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So people jump on there and just antagonize. And I'd rather lick a bus pole than get on Facebook <laughs> and, and get into a, an argument antagonizing people that's horrible that's really true and i think it's really sad because i've seen so many people that i know that you know they're, they're it's Christians a trap and they, you fall into a trap that's exactly right and but like these people that i know you know they're they're very vocal about their faith and they're christians and that type of thing but then they get on facebook and they, they just kind of yeah. throw all that aside yeah. and they just kind of go after people and and they and it's like they defend their viewpoint without any respect mm. to the other person mm-hmm. and so and when you know, you're trying to lead a peaceful life, you know, in a place that, that needs that, specifically peace, um, in such a, a, a not peaceful time for people, um, probably jumping on Facebook is probably the quickest way to, to lose credibility of being a peaceful, yeah. you know, individual. Um, so, yeesh. I would agree with that, yeah. And I think... You know, it's it's really really difficult to see you know brothers and sisters, friends, that just kind of jump on people on Facebook, and mm. you know it's it's hard because you're like I know that you that's not the person that you really are, and I know that right. there's there's a good good person within you, but mm. the way that you're acting on well, on social media it doesn't reflect that. You've taken the bait, you know. You've taken the bait that's that's been laid before you, um, and now you know you're the, you're the one that's looking. Uh, like a fool. Mm, that's know? really true. Yeah. I I saw something the other day, and I'm you know not making a political statement here. I'm just making an analogy here. 
But I saw somebody said something that political unrest breeds political unrest. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly right for civil unrest, too. Because, you know, especially kind of like what you were talking about here, is people take the bait. People take bait of other people mm-hmm. taking shots at them. And then they jump in and they, they it's like they completely forget who they are. Yeah. And they forget and the things that they stand for. You forget whatever... you. They forget whatever they were even arguing about in the first place, and now they're just talking about each other's families and some nonsense. Yeah, yeah. That's, just, exactly what it, that's right. just what it is. That's just what it is. People start the mothers and Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And that's just not, it's not what we're called to do. And, and you know, I, I think that it's, well, obviously, yeah. But even more so, I would say that Facebook isn't inherently a bad thing. It's just the way that people use it. They make mm. it a bad thing. The so it's really, manipulated. Exactly, exactly. And so I would say it's even more important for Christians especially and not to maybe not maybe not to not be on Facebook, but mm. more use it the right ways and be that light, be that influence, Ooh. you know, and don't don't allow comment sections to dictate how you mm. react to things, but have your reaction set up in your relationship with God. And mm. have your have what you say reflect reflect the character within you. And the love within you that Amen. has been given to you. But yeah, you know, I sent you that meme I saw this morning <laughs> about, yes. about you know, how Christians nowadays, our focus is on this turbulent politics going mm-hmm. on. But really, what our focus should be on is the Great Commission. That's exactly right. Is going and talking to other people and telling them about Jesus. But we've, we've got, we've had our eyes fixed so much mm. on just politics and what does my neighbor down the street think? Mm. You know, we, we've gotten so enveloped in what does Johnny down the street think? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> what does he think? Oh, he thinks different than I do. Well, then he's a Nazi or he's a commie. Yeah. You know, and so we, we make these crazy assumptions about this human being I wrote, you know, I, I wrote on Facebook but last night, but then I deleted it because I didn't want to come off as preachy. But I said, look, that person you hate, that politician you hate, Jesus died for that person. Mm-hmm. Jesus took those lashings for that person, you know. He took the lashings for Joe Biden. He took the lashings for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I said, I said, it is such an, a crazy idea to us to sit there and think to think that because that person's a Nazi that person said that and to hate to hate because you think they hate yeah and when exactly. you meet hate with hate what do you breed Smart hate. what hate. do you breed mm-hmm. so um, that's exactly right man. love love wins mm-hmm. that's it mm, that's true I think. And, and and a really sorry in <laughs> a really dark in a very dark place, uh, like a Facebook comment section, uh, a, a very even a very dim light can can shine the brightest. Um, mm-hmm. But if if you notice, if you've ever been outside, um, and it's like pitch black outside, it's a, a cloudy night, and there are no uh, stars shining, um, and you have like the suckiest AA uh, battery flashlight that's in your drawer. You can, it's still, it's really bright. It's really bright because it's such a dark, dark night. Yeah. That's really true. And I think that it's 
incredibly important, like you were saying, to be that light and be that influence in, mm-hmm. in the dark world, whether it's a Facebook mm-hmm. comment section, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's at your school, you know, maybe it's at your job. There, there's, wherever you go, there's going to be somebody that disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone that needs to see that light, needs to see that love from someone else. And I think a lot of the reason why we see some of this darkness is because people don't feel that love. People don't mm-hmm. feel... Yeah. They don't feel accepted or they don't feel the love of God. They don't feel the respect and, and the importance that they are as a human being. And I think that it would be so revolutionary if we as, as if we as Christians, especially starting this new year and mm-hmm. having, having those resolutions, if we could be that change and we could say, you know what, you are worth, you are worth something. Your life means something. Mm-hmm. And yours, there's a plan for your life. There's a plan for my life. And whether we agree or disagree... You know, we are both created in the image of God, and I'm mm. going to give you the respect that you deserve being that creation. Yeah, and that's the power of the gospel. Like I was saying before, is that you can look at that person and say, you know, Jesus loves you. Even even we disagree. Mm. We don't 100% agree. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves me. Mm. You know, Jesus died for you. Jesus yes, died for you. And here's yeah. the here's the revolutionary thing. Even if they don't love Jesus back, Jesus still loves them. Mm. Exactly. Whether they accept it or not, Jesus loved them enough to die for them. Yeah. And so we need to love them as Jesus loved them. You know? And I, I see it all the time. We see um I saw a thing I saw something earlier today like so and so this politician's the devil or this politician's mm-hmm. the devil and it's just like, no, guys, these are just mm. human beings that have been led yeah. astray. They are yeah. victims too of sin. We are all victims of sin. We are not inherently evil. We have just been, you know, people give themselves over to evil, but they are not evil themselves. And I think that it's important to see that, you know, there's there's a love that God has for them, no matter how lost that they are. And we need to be the influence there saying, you know what, I don't agree with you, but I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite things um, about this is the reason that we love people. Um, and the reason that we treat people the way that we do, it's it's not because of who they are, but you treat people the way you treat them because of who you are and what you've been what you've been given, um, and the love that you have, not not because of however they act towards you or what they post on <laughs> Facebook or their social status or their social status. You treat them the way you treat them because of who you are, mm-hmm. the the love that you've been shown from the Father doesn't have anything to do with the way they act that's exactly right and i want to i want to uh address something because i want to make a little bit of a correction i think that you know there are people that align themselves with evil and then now people like that they need to you know it's important to stand up Mm. for what's right there are people that do evil and have given themselves over to evil Mm -hmm. you know and so it, it not saying that every human being is a good person i'm saying that in the beginning, we all start out good and people give themselves over. But even to the people that give themselves over to evil, you know, look at look at the example of Paul. I mean, for goodness sakes, he, he appealed to Caesar. He appealed to Nero, you know, the, mm. the one of the biggest persecutors of Christians in all of history. Mm. He appealed to him and he made, he made an appearance for him. Mm. And he presented the gospel to him. And it cost him his life. But you know mm. what? He, he put it out there. And he gave, he gave Nero the love of Christ, even though it cost him his life. 
You know, and that's that's hard to think yeah. about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the boldness it would take to. I mean, I hope I hope that if it was ever, and I hope I'd be as as bold uh, to say this if there was ever a, a blade in my neck. But I hope I'd be bold enough to, you know, mm. to stand before that and say, yeah, I'm I'm willing to die for my faith. You know, that that is a tough tough uh, thing to tough swallow, question. tough thing to wrestle with, it is. but I hope if ever faced with that, we, and there, there are loads of people in the past that have died for their faith, but I hope like, like those people, you know, we too could have that same kind of, that strong faith in, in Christ and, and in, in the future and um, in spending an eternity with God. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, I think of the, uh, there's an analogy of a little string, a little ball of yarn, I was mm. gonna say, and like this a little tiny, like the first like centimeter or so, mm. and that's like life on earth. And then that ball of yarn goes, you know, down off the dinner table, out to the entryway, mm. out the front door, down the street, across the world for a couple times, out to Saturn and back, and that's eternity. Mm. You know, and so while that beginning part, it is the beginning, and it's incredibly important because it's still part of that string. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it is... It's so short, right? You know? And so make that short amount that we have here on earth worth it and look to eternity and look to the things that really matter and don't mm. get caught up in the in the interesting uh, <laughs> comment sections of that short little strand, but look forward and look further into, you know, eternity mm. and live the way that you want to, live the way that reflects your belief in eternity and the one who created eternity. Yeah, I posted on Facebook this morning. I said, you can't control other people. I can't control what you're going to do. I can't control what you're going to do. You know, the only thing you can control is your attitude and what you do. So what you should do is make each day, put, put your best effort in each day and better yourself each day and reach out to people about Jesus and talk to them. But... You know, we, we, we get so caught up in, we should control this. We should, because we have, you know, the anxiety and we get so mm. worked up and we see all this and we think maybe we, we, we can control this. Mm. Here's a, a fun analogy for you. I'm just full of them. I'm full of, full of fun <laughs> analogies. Um, so the same hot water that hard boils the egg softens the potato. Mm-hmm. So we'll say adversity um, is the hot water, and you have the choice. See, some people are uh, they're, they're hard-boiled like an egg, and when bad things happen, they become jaded and angry um, at the world. And, and others can be more like the carrot or the potato in the sense that when adversity comes and bad things happen, they just kind of mush, <laughs> they just kind of melt. All apart, you know, um, but uh, what we have to be is like neither of those. We have to be like the coffee bean. What does the coffee bean do when faced with hot water and adversity? Makes uh, coffee. I guess this is a little subjective, but it makes something that's enjoyable, you know, for <laughs> yeah. everyone. Um, and it, it makes something that, that is pleasant and uh, tasteful and fun to be around. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, good smelling, you know, even. Uh, so, I think as a matter of perspective, um, we have to, yeah, have that kind of peace. Mm-hmm. 
perspective yeah. is a big thing we talk about. You know, we can we can get really caught up. Speak of the mic. We can get really, really caught up mm. in these bad events, and it can, like you said, jade you. Yeah. To where you're angry at the world, you're angry at others, and you just you think the worst. You you're very doom and gloom. Mm. And so your perspective is, you know, I try to find the good in everything, mm. not not with rose colored glasses and everything's Willy Wonka right. chocolate factory. But that, but that look, there, you know, you can find the good in everything, but you all, you, but, but with that, you can see the bad. Just know that all things will work out for the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Even in, even in the dark place, you know, all things will work out for the glory of the Lord. Um, and a little bit of light can shine really bright, like I was saying earlier. I think yeah. that's very true, and it, it kind of, it makes me think of, uh, I believe it's Psalm 139, it's the, uh, you search me, Lord, you know me, and the, you know, you need me together, my mother's womb, that type of thing, mm. but there's a specific part in it where it says, where can I go to escape you, mm. you know, what, if, I, if I go, you know, I think it says if I go to, like, the depths of Sheol, which is, like, the grave, you know, mm. you're there, and it talks about if I go, you know, over, over, like, waters, which, you know, waters and um, in Jewish tradition represents chaos. Mm. If I go through chaos, mm-hmm. you are still there, you know. Right. And I think that that's, a, I think you're exactly right. Whether we go through the darkness or the chaos or the trouble, you know, mm. especially looking at modern yeah. modern news and that type of thing, wherever we go, God's going to be there. Mm. You just have to look for him. Not with, like Raven was saying, not with rose-tinted glasses, not, oh, everything's handy-dandy, because yeah. it's not. The world's a messy place, and there's a lot of things in it that just don't. It's a very scary place. It's a very scary place, and there's a lot of evil and a lot of, you know, people who who do things that that just don't make sense, hurting people that make bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. But there is also good in it, and if you look for it, you will find it. Exactly, you know, perspective. You know, it's just a really, really big thing. Mm. You you need to have your perspective on God, your priorities on God. And you cannot let your perspective get jaded and dark and just angry at people. That comes from the spirit of peace. Yeah. It does. You know, that's it. I think um, whenever this makes me think of, we were talking about perspective and having that peace through a hard time. Um, my, my dad had a friend when I was really young. We used to live in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, my dad had a friend who showed up to church one day. And he was from he was from Africa. I can't remember which specific country in Africa, mm. but he had escaped the genocide, and Oof. he he was out tending he was out tending uh, the sheep, and he came inside and he found his family murdered on the ground, Ooh. and they had taken uh, the local missionary. And they had, they, I mean, they murdered him. They mutilated his body mm. and like all of this horrible stuff. But he believed in God and he trusted in God and, and he fled. He got away, and he, he had a very horrifying adventure, going through all sorts of harrowing, um, harrowing dangers. And but God brought him through all of it, and and he made it actually. He made it all the way to America, and he escaped out of that persecution. Mm. And his faith is. I mean, his faith was just something else. I mean, I can barely. I I mean, I was like probably like six or seven, 
eight at the latest that, that I, you know, knew him. Mm. And I still remember, like, there was something different about, like, seeing him. First off, he was super tall. So, like, <laughs> as a little kid, you know, looking up, saying, whoa, you know. But even more than that, there was, there was a spirit about him. You mm. know, you could feel that peace that you were talking about. And, and I think, like, that, stories like that and, and, and you know, and really seeing that perspective that he had. I remember my dad said one time, he said, you know, are you okay? And he's like, well, I'm sleeping indoors where mm. there's air conditioning mm. and no one is trying to kill me at night, so I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> and so, you know, and it, as lighthearted as that sounds of a horrible, you know, yeah. truth and situation, like it's exactly right. And his mm. perspective completely shifted entirely. And I think, you know, whenever we, we look at, at that kind of perspective, you know, not necessarily comparing pain, but having that, that same kind mm. of faith that he did, you know, that I'm in a dangerous place, you know, people are hunting me, literally, mm-hmm. you know, but God is going to, God has sustained me and he will continue to sustain me. And then looking at us who live in a slightly less harrowing situation, mm. you know, we can say, you know what, God has sustained me this far and he can continue to sustain me in the same way. I think of the, uh, the four in the furnace. Whenever, whenever Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the mm-hmm. fire, mm-hmm. and even before them, when they were, when they hadn't been thrown in yet, what what their faith looked like was being still. That's all they did. They didn't do anything. They just mm-hmm. let God. They just they just let God uh, work. You know, they just didn't kneel and they didn't do anything crazy. It was just the the courage and the faith that you know. Uh, God's going to take care of me. That's it. And, and they changed the nation just from from standing still. That's it. The whole nation turned to God after that. He demanded it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so often we can get in the way uh, by trying to do uh, too much. N- need not to say that uh, we we don't need to prepare ourselves, but um, sometimes it can just look like, you know, I'm going to step out of the way and let God take care of this. Mm. That's it. That's really true. And I think we, it's almost like human nature because we mm. want to have control over our own lives and we yep. build up yeah. our own little house and we yeah. like to have our own design for things. Right. And I think it's important to note that control, human control is not real. That is mm. not a thing that yeah. exists. You know, we, we can build our societies, we can build up our walls, but in the end, they can be knocked down very easy, mm-hmm. and they can be, they can end very easily. The only thing that, the only one who's really in control is God, mm-hmm. and I think that having that trust in Him, like you were talking about earlier, like that's, that is a difference maker in peace, mm-hmm. is having, having trust that, yeah, I don't have control, I'll never have control, Yeah. but God has control, and you, I can trust You him. either submit to the Spirit, or you submit to to yourself and your own selfishness in the world. Uh, that's well, pretty much as plain as plain and simple as it gets. That's true. I'm gonna make a statement. We're Go fifty five minutes in. Would you like to answer question number three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is this Let's is go. a big question because we talk about spiritual I, I leadership. Think I, I think I enjoy. I think I remember this question. You know, yeah. We we really talk about spiritual leadership. <laughs> What does spiritual leadership mean to you? Spiritual leadership. Um, 
Man, I feel like we can roll right out from where we were at on the spiritual leadership mm-hmm. and, and being that you you be a vessel uh, for for God to lead. I feel like uh, a big a big one for me right now is you know I have a family I've got a, a wife and a son and and if I want uh, my family to be taken care of then I know that uh, I got to get out of the way you know of God mm-hmm. and and, uh, and let Him provide let Him be the one that, that take care of us so again need not to say that that I don't ready myself for for where His hands lead and guide. Um, but that's that's what abiding I think is um, to get back all the way around to that. Um, I, I think that's what it looks like. Uh, and so as an adult, that's what that's what spiritual leadership is has really looked like for the most part is is just kind of allowing God uh, to work through you, and then having the peace that that you know things are going to be taken care of, and having the peace in your decisions uh, because you know God uh, is leading those and spurring those on what would you say to some what would you say to someone and we asked this we've asked this on the past two episodes mm. what would you ask what, what would you say to someone who wants to take that leap into spiritual leadership but is scared to Oof. trust um and that doesn't mean ninety nine percent. I think I think with with steps of faith, um, you have to be really reflective, and you have to know that I'm doing this and I'm going to do it one hundred percent because the Lord, the Lord is is taking care of, is taking care of me. Um, and if you do it ninety nine percent, then that you know that distrust that one percent. Uh, can weasel its way back in and, and build itself back up, and, and then you're you know right back where you started with mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, so, yeah. <coughs> but yeah, um, you know, spiritual leadership really means a, means a lot to us mm-hmm. because we live in a society where guys are just scared to take that next step to mm-hmm. be to lead by example. You know, it's not. That's. It's not an easy thing, really. Uh, you you have hard decisions to make every single day, mm-hmm. from from the, the time the night before uh, when you set your alarm, um, to to what you do whenever you wake up, um, and the first thing when your when your feet hit the floor. You, you start making hard decisions on what you're going to do with your time. Um, yeah. That's really true, and I think it's... Sorry. I think it's really... Uh, something that you said is really important is taking that that first step, you know? Mm-hmm. It's an all-in thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not... You can't have... You can't have 50-50. You can't be hot and cold mm-hmm. because... If you fall somewhere in between, it's worse than not even stepping off, you know. And I think, and it, as horrible as that is to, to say, you know, because mm. it's it's awful to stay in that in that same realm of of uh, I'm just gonna be and not mm. really have mm-hmm. not really have a purpose, not really have a drive, not really have a meaning. I think it's even more important that if you're gonna have a meaning, you have to have 
a full meaning, mm. a full purpose, not a half purpose, you know, not a... You gotta know. Yeah, not, not a sort of, as, as I like to call it. You know, you can't have a sort of faith where I kind mm. of believe in this sort of thing, so I'm just going to go along with mm. it. No, 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 no. You have to be all in if you want to have that total that total purpose and that real fulfillment. That's, that's a mature faith. You know, when you, when you do finally step out on your own in your faith, and it does grow into something that, that, is, that is yours. Um, Another thing I, I kind of want to talk about that you mentioned was uh, specifically with, with providing. Um, you said the biggest thing in, in your life that you've seen is just kind of being out of the way and letting God provide. Mm. And I think that that's, that's really, really beautiful in that, you know, it's not about us. It's mm. never about us, you know. We're just, we're just signs pointing in the right direction. Yeah, you know? in, turn, in turn with what you're given, you glorify the Lord. You know, you share with the people that are around you, and when they ask you why you are the way you are, you say it's because of what you've been given from the Lord. Um, it can be as simple as that, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, what is the most important trait a Christian can have? Hmm. Man, I think... I think the most important trait a Christian can have is um, is is love and knowing that that Jesus has overcome evil with that with love. Um, so knowing that in the face of evil, the only thing that you can do is is be love. I'd agree with that, and I would, I would say that the only thing that really that really can overcome that hate that we see so prevalent in our society today is love. Yeah, knowing knowing that love, that Jesus, true love, you know, won and conquered that uh, that evil for us. So, the only way that we can we can shine that light is is through that same kind of love, uh, willing to lay down your life, you know, for your your brother. Or sister. Um. I think that's exactly right. And I think it's, you know, that self-giving love mm -hmm. is so, it's it's not popular. It's not yeah. popular mm -hmm. in today's culture because today's culture says, I'm going to get as far as I can go. Selfish. You know? it's, it, it is. It, it's selfish in, in, in its way of saying, like, I just am going to create a life for myself and I'm going to mm. make something of me. You know, and, and in reality, God's... You know, God's not about the self-made business. God's not about putting, you know, into putting one person above everybody else. No, no, no. He's he's about the best among you, is the one who gets down on his knees and 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 washes the feet of the people. You know, the people that are below him, so mm. to say. And I think that to is serve. It's exactly right to serve and and to. To show the love of God through through action like that and elevation of other people and not of self. Mm. I think it's just that's just such a powerful lost concept is mm. self giving love. Oh, it definitely is. You know, like you're saying the serving, the serving part that is just really lost nowadays because we have this Instagram kind of oh what influencer kind of thing <laughs> where it's just like where it's just like 
I want to, you know, climb the ladder and be right. the best and have this kind of car and this. Mm-hmm. Trying to be self-serving. Self-serving, yes. Yeah. The look at me mentality. The look at me mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, in a way, like, there is something to be said about having attention drawn not to self, but drawing attention to God through things mm-hmm. that you do. But that doesn't mean, you know, the fingers aren't pointing at self. The mm-hmm. fi- there are no fingers being pointed. There's no megaphone. It's just action. Mm-hmm. It's just doing. Mm-hmm. And if people if people see that through your life and they start asking, then you can point the finger mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What is the biggest lesson you have learned from being a young adult? I'd say, um, for me, the biggest thing that's happened, firstly, since I've become a a young adult, aside from getting married, is is us having our son. Um, I'd say that uh, having a son, we were talking about perspective earlier, um, is probably one of the most perspective uh, changing events uh, or daughter, just having your first child, uh, one of the most perspective-changing events that happened in your life. Um, and and it, I always kind of had a hard time understanding what, uh, early on, the love, the undying love of a father looks like. And so I used to get frustrated when, when I read, I mean, I know that my dad loves me, you know, very clearly, but the love of a perfect father, um, because I had never been one. Uh, but I would read through the Old Testament, and I would see where, okay, God makes this good and perfect law for these people so they can follow him and live the best lives that, that they can live. Um, and they immediately break it, and they turn away from God. And then... God corrects them and turns them back around uh, towards him. And then they immediately do the same thing or something similar, and they turn away from God. And then God gives them over to whatever it was that, you know, they they turn to. And so they live in that filth for a little while, and then they, they come back to God. They choose to come back. They repent. They turn, and God welcomes them back every single time and then they turn again yep. Yep. and then God brings them back so that's that's kind of the the narrative a lot of the time with the story of the Israelites through the Old Testament and uh, that would always frustrate me because I would be like man God why because I know better right <laughs> why why wouldn't you just give these you know these people the boot and just get a new people that will be faithful to you, you know, that will abide in your law um, and reside in you. Now, obviously, knowing that the, the old law was impossible, that, that Jesus was the fulfillment of that law. That's why nobody, that's why we need Jesus in the first place. Um, but I didn't really understand that, uh, you know, my son, to put it into perspective, there is not a single thing. He's six months old. He's a little baby. But there, there is not a single thing that he could do now or would ever do that would make me give him the boot and get a new one 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I will always be there to turn him back to me to in pursuit of a relationship. I will always be there, um, and no matter what he does. Um, so, I, I I didn't gain that perspective um, until I had become a young adult. Specifically, until I had a, a child. That's really, really great. And you know, I know me and Braden, like we, we can't. I don't. Th- we can't. It's hard, yeah, that. it's hard. It's hard to. <laughs> it really is difficult to to fully understand. There's a lot of. I mean, that's not the only one. There's a lot of perspective that changes um, through that for sure. Uh, I got to to re fall in love with my wife. Um, I had been being falling in love with my wife, you know, for the entire time that we've been married. But uh, to see her identity grow, her her maybe her maternal identity uh, become what it was. It was before we even, you know, before he was even born. Um, I saw her like becoming a mom, and it was a whole different part of a whole different aspect of who she was. Um, and it was it was even more. Um, that I got to love, you know, it was really, it was really cool to, to get to experience, um, the way, the way that she has changed even, um, yeah, since she's, since she stepped into that maternal role, it's very cool. What was the moment where, where you think, or you believe that God changed your life? Hmm. See, it doesn't. It doesn't always look for someone like a, a Saul to Paul mm-hmm. conversion. It's not. It's not always when you're on the donkey and you you go blind. It's not always like that. Um, sometimes uh, you you come to the understanding that that you aren't in control. And that you know that that your life will be better when he is in control, and you submit. Um, now, sometimes <clears throat> people have to be driven to the bottom before they're ready to submit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for other people, you know, it can be it can be just uh, an event that you have to, or, or something in your life that you have to, to give over, you know, something that you know you're, you're unable to handle uh, and you submit, you know. Um, yeah. I'd say for me, uh, the first time I really felt myself like I was forced to submit, I, I had been baptized prior to this uh, and I had been uh, having a relationship with Christ uh, for years prior, but I didn't feel like I ever had to necessarily like really lay it down um, until I until I was on the drive uh, to sign my lease here in Cersei. Um, oddly enough, the the fear I guess of of failure um, and having to return. Uh, maybe not necessarily shamefully, but you know, it's like, well, I couldn't get it done. I'm not a man, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't go down there and uh, and marry her, which was the intent. That's why I moved to Cersei in the first place, um, and I had to return because I couldn't, I couldn't take care of myself. 
Um, or and, and that that's why the prayer on the way down was, God, I know that if this was left up to me, I would get in the way and it wouldn't work out. Um, but if I if I give this over, um, then you you can work through me to make this work. And if it's not what's right, if it's not what I'm supposed to be doing, then yeah, I'll, I'll know. And and if it works out, glory glory to God. And if it doesn't work out, glory to God. You know, it's fine. Uh, I I abide in His Spirit. You know, I abide in His will for my life. So either way, in in the wins. Uh, we praise him in the, in the losses. We praise him, um, and, and I think that was the the first time that that I had really like, okay, you've got this, and then taking the back seat. Um, yeah, that's really good, and I think that really it really speaks to to everybody, you know, mm. because we want to have that control, and we want to have, you know, like we've been saying all throughout today, you know, we want to have that control and that, that, uh, to build our own lives, so to say, but it's so important that we don't because we always get in our own ways. Mm. We really do. That's it. And we just have to trust, you know, we got to trust God to build our house, to build our lives. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, just, just trust the process, I guess. And, you know, my dad, uh, my dad's a huge football fan. He mm. loves watching college football, NFL, you know, that type of thing. And he talked a lot about, I think he, I think it was Nick Saban he was talking about, he said that he just tells his players to do one specific thing. Do their job. Do their job. That's exactly right. Do your right. job. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And he said it's not, he says he doesn't focus on winning championships. He mm. focuses on doing jobs and trusting mm-hmm. the process. And by doing that, he gets to the place that, they get to the place that they want to be. Championships. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and that I think there's an there's an analogy there for for Christians too, you know, uh, the cliche uh, sports analogy as they say. But you know it is true though, and that as Christians we we don't start off on our path saying I'm going to make these gigantic, mm. yeah. I'm going to do these yeah. this gigantic thing for God. I'm going to make these massive mm. steps, these leaps, so to say. It starts off by doing one simple thing, and that's exactly what you said: submission and, and trusting Him. And trusting the process that he's going to deliver deliver you mm-hmm. to where you need to go. Amen. Stand still. Listen. Be patient. Wait. Allow God to, to take care of your life and abide. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, it's, it's very, very true. You know, something my dad told me whenever I was, you know, going back and forth and didn't know what I wanted to do. It was about in this semester. I was just going, you know about firefighting and doing all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, my dad told me, you know, just give it to God and be like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. And that was one of the most powerful prayers I ever prayed. Yeah. Because I just said, look, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that prayer of, I don't know what I'm doing, God take the wheel, is, is that's really the first step to a deeper faith beyond mm-hmm. that of just having, you know, a parent's faith. Or, that's, that's what it was, yeah. It was that first step and, and submission that followed. That's exactly right. And, you know, for our listeners here today, maybe that's something that can help you with some of the emotions that you're dealing with, with, with the news that we're seeing on TV and, and on headlines all over the place. Maybe you're feeling insecure. Maybe you're feeling scared. Maybe you're feeling hurt, you know. But that first 
that first step is recognizing that none of us have control. None of us can control each other. All we can do is trust God. And so maybe the first step that you need to make you need to make today is just saying, God, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So show me how to live in today, and show me, give me what I need for today. Give me my daily bread, and give me the faith to trust and know that you have a bigger plan for my life and for the world coming. What do you think? Oh no, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, it's real. It's really a powerful prayer when you just, like I said, when you just sit down and you say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, because that's when you realize I don't have that control. Mm-hmm. That's when you realize that God has the control over the future, and that it just, you know, because like we've talked about before, the future can get really, really mysterious, mm-hmm. and that we, we want to control it, we want to control it, and we get so anxious and wrapped up in wanting to control it, but like you said, at the end of the day, a powerful prayer we can pray is, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I think that's exactly right. And I think even beyond that, we were talking about anxiety of the future. I think the most dangerous thing that we can do is wish away time. Mm-hmm. You know, It's important to have a perspective of, of mm-hmm. eternity, but live in the moment and live in, in, you know, this is, instead of thinking, what do the events of today mean for the future, live in today and be like, God... I don't know where the future's going. I can't worry about that right now. Show me what I need to know today and lead me where I need to go today. And I will trust you. And I know that you're going to lead me for the future, but I just need you to show me where I need to go today. Allow me to serve in your kingdom however uh, you have for me today. Whatever whatever you have um, for me, allow me to, to, to do and be receptive of, of what that is. And, and let you be glorified for it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have anything else to say, Wes? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Henry, do you? Um, not much. I'd just say, again... Do you have any other questions? Mm-mm. Okay, great. Right. Okay. I guess, um, just kind of as a wrap-up, um, with all of the, the heavy things going on, you know, maybe... Maybe it would be good to, to have uh, something light to, to put your mind at ease. And I would say, like, something that really, really helps me uh, whenever I'm just, you know, freaked out or something like that is open up the Psalms and, uh, and give them a read, especially tonight. If you're feeling especially uneasy or if you're having a hard time processing the, the events of the past week, open up your Bible and, and say, a, say a quick prayer and and ask God to give you that peace to abide in Him and, and to have that rest and especially open up the Psalms because, I mean, David David had some hard stuff that he lived through in his life mm-hmm. and, and it's very, very applicable. So mm-hmm. um, this is just me, you know, talking from my own experience and I hope that it can help uh, any of mm-hmm. our listeners. But that being said, that's basically all I have. Yeah, definitely just try and be the best person you can be every day. Mm-hmm. You know, serving God, helping out with your friends, helping out with your family. You know, whether you're at work or whatever, just try and be the best person you can be every day. Abide. Mm-hmm. Abide in the Spirit. Yeah. And He will make you the person that you need to be. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been the Steadfast Podcast. We will see you next week. Out. <laughs>